in the saddle, we spend Christmas Day driving the cattle over snow-covered plains. All of the good gifts given today, ours is the sky and the wide open range. Back in the cities, they have different ways Like football and eggnog and Christmas parades But I'll take my blanket and I'll take the reins It's Christmas for cowboys on wide open plains Campfire for warmth as we stop for the night The stars overhead are Christmas tree lights The wind sings a hymn as we bow down to pray It's Christmas for cowboys and wide open plains It's tall in the saddle we spend Christmas day Driving the cattle over snow-covered plains So many gifts have been opened today But ours is the sky and the wide open range Christmas for cowboys on wide open plains. It's Christmas for cowboys on wide open plains. That was a little Christmas song by John Denver to welcome you all into our end of year uh, special here on In the Lamplight. Um, the reason we started in that f***ing shite. A load of shite. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, Luke. That Not was bad. great. That was a real newsreel. That was a little Christmas song by John Denver to welcome you into our... <laughs> and what are you laughing at, Rory? <laughs> Jesus, man. I I'm, just trying, thought, I, I'm trying I just, to do a nice gentle intro here and you ruined it right I, out of the gate. I know, but I just thought... That was me doing my... <laughs> uh, that was me doing my late date fake now brain on radio host voice. It was fabulous. Right. I really enjoyed it. Okay, hold on. You're after interrupting my flow there. I'm going to have to just get back into that now. <laughs> that was a little John Denver Christmas song. God. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely little Christmas song by John Denver. We thought that it might be nice to start off the podcast with that little number because like so many things this year, our end of year Christmas Blurred Lines special has been uprooted a little bit by the new restrictions. We haven't quite been able to do what we had planned for this, but that's the case with so many things that people had planned this year. Like your theme nights, Kieran, that you had intended to do in the Hawkswell towards the end of December. Indeed. Which I was hoping to perform that nice little song at. So I've got to do it here instead and I hope people enjoyed it and I hope it 
put people in a nice, mellow, post-Christmas mood. I enjoyed it anyway, Luke. I certainly enjoyed it, yes. Good. As did I, Luke. Well done. Good. Thank you. It's a pity now. It's a pity we're not going to get to hear Rory sing. You know, that was a... That's been a big thing all season, actually. People have asked for that. There has been a lot of asking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah. when are we going to hear Rory sing again? So, you know, <laughs> we, we had big plans for this episode, but look, it'll just have to wait till 2021. Yeah, we're going to make yes. uh, Rory singing a priority in 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's loads to be done, but me singing a tune is an absolute priority, which I, I think is class. <laughs> <laughs> it is class. You've got an, you've got an unreal voice. Cheers, um, so, um, we're going to move on with this. We're going to spend this episode uh, reflecting back on some of the things that we've done together this year because, um, you know, we're here now with this podcast and we've been at this uh, a few months and we've got to know each other and, and we've grown closer. And But I think the thing that started us on this trajectory that, that brought us all together working properly for the first time was the two online theme nights that Kieran hosted earlier in yeah. the year. Yeah. So, um we're going to have a look back at those. Uh, we're going to have a chat about them. Our experiences working on those behind the scenes, the pressures of it, the joys of it, the all-nighters of it, of which yeah, there were I was going to say the calls <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning, yes. followed by the calls at four o'clock in the morning. We'll talk about all that. Yes. <laughs> um, and to get us uh, into that, we've got a little bit of chat here with Alien Concanon, who is involved in all of the theme nights in the Hawksville, but was also involved in those two online theme nights. So here's a little bit of chat with Alien Concanon. Alien Concanon, you are welcome to In the Lamplight. Thanks very much, Karen. Great to have you here. Um, so we're going to start with uh, your work because, okay, we're here primarily to talk about the theme nights that happened this year, uh, which were a huge boost, I think, for us as musicians to have a project to work on, uh, hopefully for some of the people who watched it, to, for a bit of entertainment throughout the course of all this. But you're bringing the fight to this virus every day, not just with your music. So do you want to tell us a bit about what you do on a day-to-day basis, Aileen? Yeah, so, um, well, at the moment, Karen, well, I work with the HSE and we're working on, um, so last March we were on a, a different project. Um, it's uh, the, it's called the Office of the CIO, so we look after all the IT systems in the HSE and um, I'm part of that big team and we were moved on to what's called the COVID care tracker system in March, which was, um, which really it's 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 supporting all the contact tracers and it's the, the flow of all the lab results and all of that kind of thing. So um, it, we were sort of all put on that in March, which was a uh, new teams were dealing with people um, all over the country on it. And uh, it's been quite interesting, actually. We're now, I suppose, eight or nine months in and working with people we've never met um, and it's actually, it's quite incredible how much rapport you can build up with your team over the Zoom and the Microsoft team calls. And mm. um, at this stage, you kind of feel like you really know people very well, you know, and there's a great rapport. Um, I think everyone is, you know, we're just doing the best we can with things that are, you know, have been thrown at us. And I suppose um I admire so many people who've just thrown themselves into it. We're not frontline, but we're trying to, you know, help people who are ultimately frontline and all those people who, um, you know, they've been pulled from all over different areas in the HSC and have been asked to do very different jobs. And some jobs they're, you know, they're trained, but maybe wouldn't be in their comfort zone. 
And I think for the majority of people, they've just taken to it really well. And people have kind of said, OK, you know, what can we do? What can we do to help? You know, so um, it's 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 challenging and it's it's really quite enjoyable, I have to say, the team. Okay, so, team so a lot of people have been taken from from other roles and thrust into these new roles demanded of them by this new situation we're in. That's what hap- That's what's happened yeah, basically. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of redeployment really, Karen. from, I suppose, areas that, um, you know, there's people making decisions about what's immediate, you know, what can we do to mitigate the risks of, you know, COVID at this moment? What do we need? That's absolutely a priority now. So I think, um, yeah, I think people have been really, you know, they've been very open to moving around. We're delighted to be able to work on this project. Um, it's all new new systems to us we have to learn it from scratch and then we're doing our best to support all those people who were on the ground you know doing the, the contact tracing every day and that's a hard job yeah, you know yeah. making sure everybody is uh, uh, kept safe sure yeah. okay and and what we've heard about the contact tracing system is that it it it, it works when the numbers are at a manageable level but when when if the if the case numbers daily case numbers get beyond a certain level it's just impossible to to keep a lid in it or to, or to, you know, we saw the example earlier in the year where, where people just had to do the contract tracing themselves yeah. for a little while. So for you who are, who are who is supporting the contract tracers, does your job fluctuate in terms of intensity? So if if, if the case numbers are higher, does that yeah. mean you're busier as well? Yeah. Or is yours more consistent? No, it's, it's, it's pretty much as the numbers go up, everyone is busier. There's much more, you know, there's a lot more stress on the system that's being used. And, uh, and I think people in general, you know, it, it's, um, it's been, it's been, it will go up as people go up and they're trying to keep the numbers at a manageable level for everybody. There's only so much that, that they can do. For example, the contact tracers themselves, you know, their calls take a certain length of time. If there's a, a thousand positive cases, there's only so many resources. So I think they've been really, the HC are, are constantly looking ahead to see how they can kind of balance that, you know, resource and making sure that they have enough people there and ready to ready to deal with it. And then I suppose we're hearing all the time, you know, they're trying to, I suppose, keep us as safe as we can and keep those numbers at a minimum. And I'd say, you know, it's nothing to do with me, but they're obviously looking in terms of the hospital systems and making sure that that doesn't get, um, st- you know, stressed or overly stressed, especially during the winter when you're normally going to have huge stresses and strains on the hospital system anyway, you know. So it's 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 a huge organisation that's constantly, I think, trying to monitor and manage resources. So, I mean, you mentioned the HSE, obviously, and how it's a huge organisation trying to adapt to an ever-changing situation. I guess that's what we were in the team nights to a certain degree, obviously on a far smaller scale, but we were trying to adapt to this new situation and we had a gig planned for, I think it was April the 23rd in Vicker Street, and all of a sudden that's not happening. And so what are we going to do? We're going to try and... We're going to try and put on a show online. So this was Team Night 26 back in April. The king of the segues. Oh, I'm just going to that throw that the out there again. That, it, uh, that came was out very of, good. So we know, right, in the production <laughs> that you wanted to lead to the Team Night chat, right? Unbelievable segue. Well oh, done. Thank you, Rory. You'll have to have the best segue competition at the end. But Kieran's going to win every single one of them because every, every episode he has a deadly segue into what he wants to talk about. <laughs> oh, well, sometimes they just hit you and yeah, then they go out of your head and you hope... Can I remember this in time? <laughs> uh, so, as I was saying, Team Night 26, here we go. You get a phone call from me, Aileen, saying, right, we're doing this. Best of Irish. Uh, what happens for you then? How does, how, what, what happened next? Um, yeah, because that was really the early part of the, we were all in real lockdown. And mm. uh, the, the main thing was, 
I suppose it's like, okay, brilliant. It was something to look, to look forward to. So, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? I've just got a really crappy phone. Um, how, how am I going to shoot it? How am I going to do the sound? You know, all those, those practical things. Um, because we didn't have the likes of coming out to Luke's studio or, you know what I mean, to do anything. So um, it started put, putting that together and then thinking about ideas. So um, And a choice of song. And a choice of song, which... Um, did I, I did I suggest this song or did you pick it or I can't remember how this you, part of it worked. You had, I think you had suggested it at one stage. Remember we before the COVID you had talked about Possibly no doing it at Vicar Street. Yeah. Okay. And I think you had um, pointed to a nice version. I think the chorus did a lovely um, duet version or something or there was a lovely piano it was, arrangement. It was the piano yeah. track I liked on the chorus yeah. version, yeah. So I thought, um, I, I, I wasn't, um, I, I liked that song. But I don't know, lots of people maybe have heard No Frontiers. When I grew up, it was overplayed sure. to the point of I never want to hear it again. But that piano arrangement was really nice and kind of fresh. And um, I remember talking to you saying, would it be all right if I did a duet and let's, you know. So I asked um, Gráinne McCarthy, was very good and said she'd love to do it with me. And Gráinne brought a, just a gorgeous, like this real soul kind okay. of soulful thing well, to it. What we might do yeah. now, Aileen, we're just going to play a little bit of the track yeah. so uh, sure. so the audiences can hear uh, what the final result was. Heaven knows <laughs> Yeah, really That's beautiful, lovely. Aileen. Fair play to you. Thank Aileen. you. It's before my voice broke. <laughs> <laughs> if your life is a rough bed Brambles and nails And your spirit's a slave To man's whips and man's jails Where you thirst and you hunger For justice and right Then your heart is a pure, pure flame Of man's constant night In your as the singing of a lark That somehow this black night Feels warm for the spark Warm for the spark To hold us till the day To hold us till the day When fear lose its, lose its grip And heaven has its way So that was the end of No Frontiers. And OK, so you can hear the way your two voices are sometimes in harmony. Yes. And they're sometimes answering each other. Yeah. OK, so you're in one house. Yes. Gronya's in another house. Yeah. How do you do that? So um, that was an interesting one. So I had to get something to record on as well in the house. And I, Owen Troy very kindly lent me his little Zoom mic that I could plug my microphone in and it would give us a really good quality um, sound. So before this... 
we'd normally meet up, you know, if I was doing a duet, we'd meet in person, but we'd no chance. So Grania and myself, we spoke on the phone a few times. You very kindly laid down a, a track and said, you know, is this what you're thinking of? And then what we did was we, we just kept sending voice notes over and back to each other on WhatsApp. So I'd sing a couple of lines and then she'd record over harmonies. And, you know, is that what you're thinking? And we just did this constant back and forth, um, which was very, you know, it's an interesting way of doing it. Mm. But then cut to me in the house, um, you had recorded the piano track. I had to put the little my little earphone in here and stick it down my back so you didn't see it. Um, Rory had set up a camera for me. And this, this is your husband, Rory. My husband, Rory, not set up me. a camera. No, not <laughs> that other Rory wasn't allowed in the house. Yeah. My, my uh, husband, Rory, I asked him if he'd do all the just video it for me so I didn't have to worry about it. He set up a little tripod and I asked him then to leave the room. So I was standing in my sitting room um, and to anyone outside, like there was my dog and Michael, my son, and Rory outside and wherever they were. And um, I was just singing away to nothing. That's what they could hear. Yes. So so I'm, I'm singing, looking out the window, trying to perform. And it's actually the only time I've ever, the first time I ever did that, it, that, that sort of no, you know, nobody in front of you other than singing in the shower or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's quite hard to do. And you're trying to really, you know, put a bit of emotion into the song, but you're looking out the window, you're listening to your track and trying, you know, so you don't, and I also didn't know how it was going to sound. So that was recorded, sent to Luke, who did a lovely job, did a quick mix, sent that to Grania. And Grania in her house was doing the same thing with the, with the headphone, singing along to your piano and me mixed. And the first time then I heard it was when Luke put it into his magic machine and pressed all the right buttons. I just put it into the magic box here <laughs> and I press, and then I press this button. The, the and talent then that button. One, and then that one. I would and actually say that that's, uh, during that theme night was a time where I actually believed you had a magic button because it was like, <laughs> because I heard some of the stuff and then all of a sudden come back and it would be pristine and polished yeah. and I was like, where is he actually pulling this out of? Because I know he plays all the instruments and he's able to sing and stuff, but he's hardly able to replace, you know, somebody's actual voice. So he's obviously doing something. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, Luke, what's your memory of this whole process between Alien and Grania? Um, my memory of the whole process in general is um, quite blurred because I was <laughs> severely <laughs> sleep deprived for quite a lot of it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, but um, I basically remember exactly what you've described except my end of it. I got files from you. I quickly put it on top of, of the piano track that Kieran had sent me, sent it to Grania and then I got files back from Grania and I think there might have been a once or twice back with, with Grania to get it j just right because I think she had borrowed the same Zoom recorder. In fact, I drove to um, halfway to her house to give her this and we met at a distance at, at the wall at the petrol station and I left the Zoom recorder <laughs> and she came over and we were like talking to each other from a distance. But Amazing. it, was, it yeah. was remarkable though a lot of people did things like that Yeah, because in the final audio that I had to deal with from everybody very, very little of it was actually recorded on a phone or anything. Okay. There was the, the, the Flying Without Wings choir video, which was great, but anybody who kind of had a solo vocal to do or an instrumental part to do for something, they either had gear to record quality stuff already or they went out of their way yeah. to get gear. Nobody banged up their phone and said, that'll be good enough, yeah. that'll do. Well, yeah, and it made a such way. a difference on the night. The, the, like the sound quality was 
amazing, you know, it was amazing consistently for everybody. Like that was what, that was me. And then there was how many other, 26, 25. Um, so you can imagine all the, all the recording that's going on all around the place. So it was, it was excellent. It yeah. really was. You're a very organised person, Aileen. I think that probably reflects in the work, in the jobs <laughs> that you've done in your life. We were just talking about that off, off air beforehand. And I think this was possibly the first track I heard that came back. Yes, because it was one of the simplest ones to put together. Yeah, so I said, I'll start with that. That yeah. would be nice It was and also easy. because the girls were on top of it and they had it done, you know, uh, plenty, plenty of, in plenty me, of time. You gave me a deadline and I thought it was an actual deadline. Well, well that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it Let usually is, just now. nobody follows them. You were the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Musicians and deadlines. You're not a, you're not a full-time musician, <laughs> no, Aileen. You, you have this, this job where you have to meet actual deadlines. Deadlines, which yes. <laughs> which Class. showed, um, but I remember the moment that I that I heard this come back. Uh, I was in my sitting room, and this was a huge step into the unknown for the team nights. And is it going to? We just went for it, and we said, right, let's try it, and let's go for it, and we'll see what happens. But this moment that this song came back, I put I I got the mix from Luke, and I put in my headphones, and. I was so emotional listening to it. From the moment your voice came in, you sang the first verse and it was just, this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it was yeah. that feeling of, oh, great. and just the, your voice just came in, Aileen, so beautifully on the first verse. And then Gronje came in on the second verse and gave it this whole new slant. Yeah. And then the two of you came in together and, and you'd done your own vocal arrangement on it between the, the counter melodies and the harmonies. And it was just such a moment of beauty, but also such a moment of relief oh, that yeah. that this is going to be yeah, a good yeah, show, yeah. you know. And there was a few of those moments throughout. We, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about them ourselves, lads, uh, after this interview. But uh, let's move on then to Team Night 27, which was in July. Things had opened up a little bit by this stage and more things were possible in terms of the recording process. We could meet up in small groups. Uh, we could get into other buildings. We could move out of more than five kilometres from our house. So tell us first about your song choice for, for Theme Night 27, Aileen. Um, yeah, so you'd, uh, it was summer theme and um, for the theme nights, you know, you're kind of, something might immediately come to you or, or else you just start kind of researching and, and, and thinking of ideas. So that song, Edith Piaf's La Vie en Rose, was always something I associated with sort of summer these beautiful sunshine, French summer type of thing. And uh, I do remember when I said it to you first and you were like, mm, OK, not sure about that. Nice. And yeah, yeah. you were and, and you're very honest like that. You don't you never say no, but you might indicate that it may need more thought. And uh, <laughs> so How political of you. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought a little bit more and yeah. um, it was just again, it was a song I, I thought I'd, I'd love to do it. And then you had mentioned um, about possibly filming in locations around the town, for example, the, the pubs that may, you know, would have been synonymous with gigs. And I thought of Connolly's at that sort of, I don't know, the idea of a sort of Connolly smoky jazz club type thing. And then um, then I, I thought of obviously doing it with, with the guys. The guys being the Old Market, Street, the Old Old Market, Market Street, Street Swing Band. Swing Band, which I thought would, they would suit it perfectly. So I think it all, after a little bit of persuasion, I think... Um, I had thrown a little mood board together and sent it to you as well, just to give you an idea of maybe what might be in the visuals. Um, so once we decided on that, I sort of asked my husband, Rory, would he mind 
you know, getting involved and uh, he sort of did get involved and directed the, 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 the Okay, so you firstly had to persuade me yes. about the song. Yes. And yeah. then you had to persuade your husband Rory yes. to get involved. Kira, to get involved. Did anyone else present you with a mood board in, <laughs> uh, in Team Night 27? <laughs> Great question, Rory. And... I think, in fairness to Aileen, she knew I needed persuasion. Yeah. And once I got the mood board, I was yeah, here. Job done. This lady has put serious thought into this. So, no, yeah. nobody else did, Rory. So, the mood board was uh, a way to guilt you into a yes. Yes. To a and, can I just say, I'm delighted you let her do it, because yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, let's, let's actually hear a little bit of it before we go sure. any further. Okay, so that is La Vie en Rose by Aileen and uh, Jerry, Carl, Vinnie and Brian from the Old Market Street Swing Band. They did uh, a, a brilliant job. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous yeah. job. Uh, the lads are brilliant. I, I've, I've played with them many a times on a Friday evening Connolly's and it's a, it's a, it's a magic gig. And, and I'd never got to sing with them before, so it was a real coup for me. And I just, they were so open about the arrangement and they, they were brilliant. So loved yeah. doing it. Yeah. Okay. So what about the video then? So it was filmed in Connolly's. Your husband, Rory, uh, is earning some serious brownie points here by, by looking after the video for you. Tell us, tell us, tell Big us about time. the video. So, so it was quite, um, it's quite a, a crew involved, actually. Um, so, so Rory had, um, Actually, my brother-in-law, Sean Carleton, was roped in to do a camera as well. James McManus was there shooting the video, Rory. We'd Kieran McCauley, who you know mm-hmm, quite well. Um, famous actor from Sligo, yeah, Kieran, was yeah. very kind, coming in, doing first AD and generally helping out and making so you sure had a first AD. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say this. See so the proper structure on this. I mean... Yeah. Aileen, tell us, tell us, tell us how you <laughs> even knew what a first AD was. Um, Brilliant. 
Right Year, years ago I think I, you should say actually what a first AD is for anyone listening who doesn't know what a first AD is it's your you'd have your director and then you'd have your assistant director mm-hmm. so Kieran McCauley who's used to working on shoots as well and um, w- would have known and he came with the clapper board and the whole lot and he was he, he meant business and I suppose years ago I used to work in um production, producing TV and radio commercials. Right. I used to work for a couple of companies in Dublin. Okay. Um, so the whole, I suppose, I've been in a lot of shoots and it's all about time and organisation. And in this case, I was just the diva who had to learn the French <laughs> yeah. and pronounce it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to Rory, would you mind just doing all the other stuff? And on top of that, we had Luke then who was doing all the sound for the shoot, which was just brilliant. And obviously Luke knew everything he was doing, all his coloured leads coming in and everything was very impressive. Which are impressive. great for me. They help me really keep track of yeah. uh, where things are going. But they actually don't look great on on film. They stick out an awful yeah. lot. They're awful <laughs> garish, especially if you're going for that lovely uh, kind of dark ambience and stuff. So I remember on the day it was like, that bright yellow cable. Is there any way that we can just hide that a little we bit We managed more? to tuck it all around, we which did, was nice, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was lovely. And that, that's the other thing is, so you're standing up there and there was no, like all the guys were note perfect. I we, we did four, I think we did four takes and each one we had to get a full take. We weren't going to chop and change because we had to get our sound and our pictures matching. And so it was real pressure. There was to be no mistakes. And we did, I made one you know, um, mistake, which, which and then Luke, I fixed it Luke with the magic button. Fixed it with the magic <laughs> button. I said some wrong word, um, and that worked really well. But then the other thing was, we had no amplification, so there was no speakers there. Everything was running into Luke's desk. So while you were singing, you didn't really know what it was all going to sound like together. So then we put on the the cans at the end and had a quick listen to what was being recorded and sounded lovely. And the mix, again, was so happy with the mix. And so what was that moment like when you you finally heard everything together? It's it's just magical because you're, you know, I I loved it. It was exactly, it was was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. I was really, really happy. And then we we were, um, Rory and I, Rory has a huge, strong connection to France and Crozon. This is my husband, Rory, and... He has a load of friends and family going back for the last 30 years with the Concanon family. So we couldn't go because of COVID this year and we always go on our holidays there. So we sent them over the song for Bastille Day to oh. wish them happy Bastille Day. And they all loved it. Um, we're quite impressed with my French because I don't speak French. So it was just, Whoa. I sing French, but I don't speak French. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you I mean, because was... I actually thought of that. I was like, oh, she obviously speaks French. So no, fair, fair play to no. you. No, and, and um, I was, uh, I had to keep singing it and there was words, Rory said, you're singing it wrong. You have to do it this way. It's more, than I couldn't, you know. <laughs> And I was like, it sounds the same when you say it. So a lot of time went into really getting that into the, you know, just into your mouth and not think about it. So that took a while as well. So no wonder I had no time to do anything else. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, of course. Oh, I I was sure you'd like A1 French in the leaving, like your accent was unreal. No, German. 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 German, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't sound as pretty when you sing in German, though. Correct. (laughs) Sounds a bit angry. It does. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Okay. Uh, so brilliant, right? That that was Team Night Twenty Seven. Looking back at the two shows, Aileen, have you any reflections on the two nights in general, or you know any highlights, or, or what was the experience 
of watching them like for you or, you know, talk us through, talk us through the other side of things yeah. apart from the actual production of it. I, th- I think both nights were really, um, I, I was so looking forward to it. You know, it was like a, you know, it was a live event. It was, we were all gearing our whole day around this event. The bottle of wine was open, you know, we we're all ready. Um, you were giddy. I was very giddy. You were the first time you were. De- I remember yeah. speaking to you around five o'clock, and said yeah. my husband has already told me to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very giddy for this show. Yeah. I think I did. Yeah, I did. I think I did open the bottle of wine quite early as well. And we were. Everyone was texting over and back. Yeah. You know, on our um, on our groups, our theme night girls groups or sopranos groups or whatever the choir. choir so groups, everyone yeah. was texting over and back, and there was loads of buzz on Facebook and everything, and. Um, and I think, yeah, I would have been, yeah, I was at work and a lot of the gang at work had all, they, they were all going to go up to Vicker Street, actually. They bought tickets. So they were all in their respective homes around the country watching this. Um, and then a couple of them had said, um, so when are, when are you on, you know? And I was like, I don't know um, because I don't ask. I didn't ask. And I want to know, does anyone ask, did anyone ask when they'd be on position wise? Sometimes they ask in the Hawkswell. Yeah. Because, you know, people could have gigs at, at half nine or ten o'clock or they could have to go somewhere. They could be coming from somewhere. And so sometimes people would, would request a certain slot in the Hawkswell. If, yeah. If, if they, but but in, the, in the online team night, I don't think anyone asked. Yeah, because it was just lovely to be completely surprised with, you know, the start, what was going to happen, who was coming next. And, and the other thing that's a huge difference was if for the the live theme nights we're all usually at rehearsal so we've heard quite a few of the songs beforehand or you might be doing back and vocals so you've heard different ones so for this there was very like I'd heard a few things what people were doing but it was it was just being like in the audience um, it was like just there we are we're on the telly it was yeah. really exciting yeah. <laughs> you know my son Michael was really excited and listened to it the whole way through Lovely. Um, so there was there was just that real sense of occasion and kind of that water coolery thing you know the next day and the what did you think and did you see this one and it was such a brilliant night it was such fun and especially the first one because I think we were so everything had been so different and people were, you know, we were still homeschooling our children, I think, at this stage as well. So it was yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were only six weeks into yeah. COVID. Yeah. It was so early in it. And were you sitting down watching it like at home? Yeah. And and you had nothing to do? Were you f- texting and oh, all that? I would have I loved to have been. And I was for some of it. Uh, and then at about, I don't know, half eight, so the show started at eight o'clock. And about half eight, I got an email from PayPal. So I'd put a, a link up on Facebook to say, if you can support yeah. the, the musicians, the artists and the, 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 the techies who've put this show together, uh, that we would really appreciate uh, your support on this. And so I, I had, I'd set up a PayPal link for people to contribute. And people were so generous that after a half an hour, PayPal's, I got this email from PayPal saying, you're about to exceed your limit of donations and please send us proof of who you are, passport and address and all this or we will have to stop 
accepting money. So you so, actually had to go to work basically in the middle of the show then. I had then, to go to work yeah. after half an hour and for the next half an hour I was f- rooting around the house for an ESB bill that I could take, <laughs> quickly take a picture of and, se- and send in to PayPal so, no they, so they, they wouldn't stop uh, accepting the donations. Yeah, I think a lot of people actually managed to retain, a lot of people that were involved managed to retain um, kind of some distance from what was actually going to be coming out like there was still an element of surprise in watching it for a lot of us oh, yeah. I'd say the only three people you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think the only three people who actually would have been able to see everything that went out before it went out were you Chris Manulak and James McManus is that kind of right? I think you're right, Luke. Yeah, I mean, you would have heard everything. I would have heard everything, but I still got to sit there and see all this new yeah. stuff and what everybody had done with videos. And and I mean, I know Rory, you did you did one, you did bits for for both the first team night and the second one, but you hadn't seen what all the other video guys were. So nearly everybody that was involved production wise would have been able to sit there and actually watch the thing yeah. and have some new stuff coming at them. So that was one of my favorite bits of it, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if Kieran had said to me, Rory, would you compile the show? I, I wouldn't have enjoyed the show as much yeah. as no. being able to sit. Yeah. Because what Aileen was saying there, there was I, I was also waiting on my couch going, when when is my video up? Like, yeah. you know, now, yeah. I know it wasn't me performing, but I was like, I wonder how it looked now yeah. amongst these videos. And then it'll come and you'd be like, okay, here it is. And you get to the end, there's like a sense of relief. And then yeah. like that it went off well. Although it's, it was like a fake live you know yeah, what I mean I, know. I had seen it I had edited it I had sent it off I knew it was going to work but at the same time I was like yeah. I wonder when it works yeah. so it was great like, there was still a buzz I remember you asking me in the first one do you want to know the set list Buffett do you want to know when you're on and I said no actually I don't I want to, I want yeah. to sit down and watch yeah. this like a show it was the yeah. surprise was lovely not yeah. knowing what was coming next and that was it. even the pace of the whole show was brilliant you know you were just and it felt like, yeah, it just like that, Rory, I had seen my video with myself and Gronia, but I was still sitting there kind of going, oh, hope it's okay. It's an odd feeling because you it know is. you know that it's going to work. But at the same time, it's like your brain is telling you that you should be nervous or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was, fl- me, that was me for the whole show. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I hope imagine. it's going to work, you know. But, but in fairness, by the time the show came, it, it wasn't so much like that. But certainly as the, as the songs were coming in, it was... Okay, how's this all going to sit? Yeah, yeah, Are people yeah. going to get this? Are they going to watch yeah. it? Um, but 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 they did. Aileen, you have written a song. Uh, we've heard a couple of your performances from the two theme nights this year, uh, but you've also written a song which we're gonna we're gonna perform live here uh, for the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this song, where it came from? Yes, Karen. So um, I suppose it's it's been a a, a mad few months. For everybody, it's been a very strange uh, year. And um, I think it was maybe a couple of months ago, this uh, phrase, I, I read it in some article about um, gratitude being the basis for optimism, you know, and if, and if we or if I want to stay optimistic about the world, you know, is just to reflect and, and be grateful for the things that we have and the things that we have around us. Um, so this song is about gratitude and being grateful. I've called it grateful and um, it's just great to be able to perform it and thank you for very grateful for letting me have the opportunity to perform it here today. So Lovely. Well, thank you. Not at all, Aileen. It's, 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 it's been brilliant having you in, hearing your reflections on the whole thing and it's, it's brilliant to hear this original song from you and it's, it was lovely to have you out of the house to rehearse it and we hopefully have a bit of a shape in it. Um, I'm going to play some piano on this. Luke's going to play some acoustic guitar 
and maybe the odd backing vocal or two we'll, we'll, we'll see, see. How, we'll see how we go that's a bit of a that's a bit of a surprise <laughs> that's a bit yeah. of a curveball yeah. 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 Luke well. said that like the most unsure man <laughs> we'll see as in this is getting cut straight out of the podcast <laughs> that you even asked me to do that <laughs> have you got I can't a, see his expression under the mask <laughs> have you got a copy of uh, the lyrics with you <laughs> I do okay here's one I made earlier yeah please Luke you had I think you had 20 minutes maybe to learn the backing vocals for uh, the Ballad of John and Yoko with, with Mark earlier in the series. Yeah, now you're dropping me down to now 20 seconds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no bother to you. So let's do it. This is Grateful. Trees are up And lights are shining The big day will soon be here Present wrapping Children laughing, preparations in full gear. But as the night draws in, these lonely feelings start to begin. But it's then when I try to remember that I'm grateful for the sun that warms my face. Not knowing what the world had in store And I'm grateful for the moon that lights the path beneath my feet Showing me the way before there was before And for you I will always be Showing me the way 
Well, lads, that was great to get Aileen out to the studio just while we still could before Christmas there to have that chat. Uh, and and yeah. that song, lads, um, that song is the first song Aileen has ever written. Uh, and, it's phenomenal. And the f- very first. Well, that's what she told me leaving the studio that day. Now, I'm not sure is it the first song she's written or the first song she's recorded. Maybe maybe I must clarify that with her, but, but one way wow. or the other, it's a serious first for her. And yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, incredible. It's a lovely song, and it does sure. one of those. It it does that rare thing of managing to be a Christmas song or a Christmas related song, without going near the cheese, without going into the oh jingle bells and presents and all I want for Christmas is blah 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 blah, um, yeah. which there aren't really that many Christmas songs like that. You know that you could almost get a, away with singing it at a different time of the year. Yes. Hundred percent, Luke. You know, you can almost just almost get away with that at any time of the year, depending on the vibe you put behind it. Because Chris Reed can't do that. You know, <laughs> wouldn't it be wouldn't it be so frustrating uh, to have the biggest hit that you've ever had in your whole career be a Christmas song, and you only have like one month of the year where you can really sing it at a gig, but you're doing a gig in July and you have all this other material, but you still have someone in the front row going. Sing Drive It Home for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That'd be yeah. so destroying. I'd say it's frustrating, but an absolutely lovely thing to have sitting ready to come into the bank account every December oh. when the royalties start coming in from it, you know? Yeah, it does, it does the Christmas shopping, no bother. That's why mm. I think, lads, by this time next year, the Lamplight need to write a Christmas song to secure royalties for December. Yes. So... Okay. so that's the plan for next year, lads. Right, Rory, we'll hold you to that. <laughs> we'll get on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, Luke, I was looking back at emails uh, just before the we recorded this episode tonight, just before we, 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 we struck up this Zoom call. And on the 30th of March, I emailed you and I said, <laughs> firstly, this is very funny, if we're still in lockdown... On April 23rd. <laughs> that's that's how we were thinking back then. If we're still in lockdown on April 23rd. So that must have meant that Vicar Street was somewhat still in play for you. Because that, that yeah. was the 23rd was the date that you were supposed to go to Vicar Street, wasn't it? Correct. So it was wow. still slightly in play. And here we are on December 28th. Uh, with with plenty of lockdown still ahead of us. But anyway, if we're still in lockdown on April 23rd, I was wondering, was there a way of putting on a virtual theme night without a crazy amount of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you and you said yes. I naively You naively said yeah. yes, but once I had once I had your go ahead cuz I knew you were going to be the busiest man in Sligo getting that show ready. So once I had your go ahead, uh, I sort of 
I was ready to go for it at that stage. I knew once we had you on board, I could share out the videos a bit more. You see, it didn't just have to be one person doing every single video. If it did, I mean, that would have been a, a, an un unbelievable amount of work. But I could share that around a bit more. Uh, but once I had you on board, uh, yeah, we were all systems go. Do you remember getting that email or do you remember what was going through your head when you responded? <laughs> yeah, I do remember getting the email. Um and I remember writing you up a really long response with lots yeah. of details of how it could be done and how it couldn't be done and it couldn't be live and it'd have to be, you know, recorded to a certain extent. And But um, I, yes, I do remember getting the email and I do remember part of me going, that's nuts. That's completely nuts. There's How do we bring what we usually do on the Hawkswell stage with, you know, 70 or 80 odd participants each time to a virtual forum when none of us are allowed out of the house. Mm. Um, it was a huge, it was a huge, it was a daft challenge, really. It was a nuts thing to even think about doing. But uh, you've got a good way of driving projects. You've got a good way of making things happen and just getting stuff done. And I think something like this needed that kind of organizational power at the helm. Otherwise, it was never going to happen. It could have been so easy for the whole thing to fall apart in a mess of emails and a lack of communication and people confused about who's doing what and what has been done. So it, it absolutely, much as, as you say that you, you, you kind of felt that you could go for it after I said yes, it absolutely needed somebody at the helm who could take the weight of it in terms of the sheer amount of stuff that had to be organized. Yeah, you must have sent a stupid amount of emails over the course of getting that show ready. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's funny because that was the 30th of March. I think it was the 12th of March that the schools closed. So that's 18 days later. And it was around then I remember getting my head around this whole thing. Uh, but it took me those two, two and a half weeks to do that. You know, I remember Shamie O'Dowd uh, and Sally Beggs, Shamie and Sally set up the the online festival for St. Patrick's Day. You know, that was within five days of this happening and and they really hit the ground running. And, and I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I sort of needed a bit of time to get my head around the whole thing. And so, uh, yeah, 30th of March came and, and I was ready to sort of get going at that stage. Rory, Rory what do you remember? What was your first, what, what was the first you heard of this? Uh, the first I heard of the, I the, think the, it, the first, it, uh, the first online team night, team night 26, team night 26. I think it was a call. I think, I think, I think maybe there might've been a general email went around first so that I might've been included in to say that that was maybe a direction you were thinking about going, bringing it online and, uh, for us to wait for further instruction sort of thing. But I, I do remember a call from you to kind of explain what you were thinking um, and what I'd be interested in doing some of the videos for it um, because, you know, a lot of the people involved are primarily musicians, although a lot of them can do a bit of video editing and stuff. A lot of them are, I suppose, primarily musicians, so they mightn't have a lot of of, uh, of um, experience editing videos or shooting videos. So I think that was, I think you were just, uh, the first I heard of it was you saying, I think if you could get me on board to do it. And it's funny because not long after that, I would have called Luke, I think probably looking for <clears throat> for some specs or something like, I don't know what he needed from me and what I needed from him and then maybe called you back. So not long after that would have been the very first time that we actually 
started to work. Actually, that was the very first time we started to work on a project together was the start of Team Night 26. So ultimately, the start of that is, is why we're here, you know? Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. So the next few weeks was a, a a blur of sort of, as Luke says, emails, recording piano tracks, sending tracks to people, getting tracks back from people, sending them back to Luke, starting to get videos back from people. And, and, and you know, WeTransfer was the, the <laughs> you know, the most used site on my laptop at the time, just sending all these massive files around around County Sligo. We At one see. point, I expected to get uh, an email off WeTransfer saying, you're, take, you're <laughs> taking what, the what piss. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you need, you, what do you mean you're not paying for a subscription to this? You're using it every 30 seconds. Yeah. Get in yeah. there and get your bank details in. Son. Like the shareholders <laughs> in, in Zoom, just looking at this explosive growth of Zoom as a platform all over the world, all over the entire world this year, the shareholders in WeTransfer just sitting, looking at this spike in Sligo, <laughs> what the hell is going on there? What are the boys in Sligo doing? Uh, so, I mean, look, there's so many performances we could talk about. And I, I, look, it's not my intention at all to highlight performances in this show. It's more about our experience and the, and the crack we had behind the scenes. But one moment that stood out for me was was the choir video, right? So this was a huge undertaking. Uh, we had decided to do... Westlife's Flying Without Wings with the Team Night Choir and get each person to sing a line. So I remember sitting down with the lyrics of the song and dividing out the lines with who I thought would do the best job of it. Uh, and then getting harmonies in behind those lines from the choir. So each member of the choir had to send back an audio track of themselves singing and a video of themselves singing that that line. And and even and we, just to get the instructions out to them, like to even just to organize the way that you needed them to do that, there was, even there was work in that. Before anything started coming back at all, that was How still many people nuts. was it? Uh, I'd <sighs> say maybe 30, 30 odd. There's usually 30, 35 in the choir. Okay. Uh, Which is still um, a fair amount to juggle. Oh, look, yeah, that's huge. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we got to, the show was going out on Thursday. Luke had already pulled about three all-nighters at this stage in a row, like over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. And Monday came and he, he, he sent through the audio of the choir to me. And I was a little bit underwhelmed, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, this was going to be at the end of the show. The reason I chose the song, I suppose it was quite, it's, it, it's, it's Sligo, you know, huge Sligo connection, obviously. Flying Without Wings, the lads from Westlife. Yeah, for You know, sure. we were all in Sligo. We were very local at the time. We couldn't go anywhere else. But also, the I think that song, we changed subtly two words of that song, which changed it from being about a lover to being about somebody close to you. And so mm -hmm. at that time in our lives, we were all with the people closest to us. We were with our families. And so I just thought it would be a lovely message to get footage of all these people in their houses or in their gardens with their families around them. I thought mm -hmm. it was the right song to choose from that point of view. But because, because of the way it was recorded and because we had 30 different people singing this with 30, you know, 30 different methods of recording and trying to synchronize the phrasing of 30 people is, is just such a difficult job when they're not in the same room. It's manic. It's manic. And yeah. so when the audio came back, despite the amazing job you had done on the audio, Luke, I was, I suppose in my head, I was expecting 
perfection or close something close to perfection, which is what we achieved on on the other track. Actually, Luke, sorry, could we get a listen at that? Uh, what am I now? A jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> ringing you and saying I'm not sure is this going to work and and in fairness to you, you said just 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 hang on till you get the video because the video is going to add another layer to this and it's going to show the situations in which everybody was and and, and the, the way in which they recorded all this and if the audio isn't absolutely perfect the video is going to show why that's the case yes, you know exactly. let me be clear it's not it's not that people were off pitch or anything like that it was just the, the quality of the audio recording that came back because someone was in a room with a, a load of tiles, for example, or somebody, you know, had the phone five meters away from them instead of half a meter away from them. All these and little even the things. phones themselves, like there were so many variables there. There were so many different types of phones, different quality of phones, different microphones and phones, and then yeah. just the different environments. There are so many variables there that you just have no control over. It's nothing like coming into a studio room that's dead and no echoey and a proper microphone or or even a little home recording setup. The phones thing is just like, it's pure uncharted territory, really. Yeah. And as Aileen said, in, in, in many of the sort of solo performances, people managed to somehow f- get something that wasn't a phone, but that wasn't possible for all the members of the choir to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to Monday and I was a little bit nervous about this whole, uh, this whole, this whole number. And next thing, uh, Luke says, do you know, Karen? You still had your own song to do at this stage, as well as plenty of mixes. What and, day did the What day did the show go out? Showing out Thursday. Thursday. Showing out Thursday. Yeah. Was it even Monday? It could have been Tuesday because it was very close to the bone. <laughs> no, it was. It was I definitely. It, it was Monday. I'm pretty sure it was Monday night because you spent most of Tuesday into Wednesday morning doing your own tune. Yeah, well, my mornings weren't necessarily other people's mornings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but you you rang me and you said, uh, Karen. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do the choir video. You're, I mean, your initial plan was because you were syncing all the audio, you figured it would be easy. You made you know, it quite easy for me. Quite it, easy it, for you to 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 also sync yeah, the videos. It was because the videos were the audio. I just had a yeah. video and the sound was on that. So I had to synchronize them all up to mix the audio anyway. And, and in editing that video, the synchronization of all those videos is really the bulk of the, of the work or it's certainly a huge part of it at the start anyway. It's it's the grunt. It's the it's grunt the, work before grunt you actually work. get to do anything creative with it yeah. at all. It's just pure grunt. It's like sitting down at a, an office computer and doing a nine to five. It's just yeah. click and drag and click, you know. Yeah. Um, so I had to do all that anyway. But I think I just got to the stage where I realized, look, I can do all of that and because I have to, and I have to do that for the audio, but I still had my own song to do. And I think I still had one or two other things to mix as well. And I kind of came to the realization that as much as it made sense, I actually don't have time now to sit down and edit this video. And if it gets left to me, it's not 
it's going to be done in time. There's just no way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we dumped is, it on Rory. Is Hello. there any? <laughs> <laughs> is there any chance, Kieran, you could maybe ring somebody else regarding that? <laughs> and this was at, this was at about like half eleven, twelve o'clock at night, and he said, "I'm going to ring Rory now and ask him." And in fairness to you, Rory, Kieran ran me back like not. 10 minutes later to say, yeah, no bother. Rory says he'd take that on. So like at the drop of a hat, you said, yeah, give me over those 30 whatever videos. And I only have like a day. Um, but yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, but I know you're itching to get in, Rory, just before you, you, I mean, in fairness to you and Chris Manulak, you were the two sort of professional videographers, stroke cinematographers working on this. Uh, and I I think Chris, Chris was assembling the show and Chris had... I don't know. Chris had plenty of work left to do at this stage, as yeah. did you, as yeah. did you in fairness. But I think possibly you had slightly less work left on your plate at this moment <laughs> than Chris did. And so I said, OK, let's let's give Rory a shout. Do you, do you remember that phone call, Rory? I do. Yeah. I, I'll never forget that phone call. Yeah. And I'll, te- I'll tell you why. Go on. I didn't have an awful lot of work left to do at that point. I I had a bit of tidying up, some finals to send back over, maybe slotting some of Luke's final audio mixes in on top. But a lot of my work was done. And this is no word of a lie. And people might think that I'm dramatizing because I'm speaking on a podcast to try and make the story more interesting. What I'm going to say right now is the truth. I had So I was editing on on a laptop at the time that had decided to shit itself. So I was getting loads of these videos in um, and it was like, Rory, we need this like in, I don't know, in a day's time, we need to get a review of this done. So, you know, when you work behind the scenes in the production house for one of these styles of productions, you're dealing with other creatives. So I'm waiting for something off Luke. Luke might be waiting for something off me. Kieran's waiting for the combination of both them things to throw a stamp on it to say it's done or we need to change this or I'm not happy with this, etc. So my computer is kind of crapping itself, but I'm still managing to get a few of these little bits and pieces over. And I had just sent off, I think, I think I had just sent off what I thought to be my my kind of, what, what, my last thing for final or, or, or something. But I remember closing my laptop and, say, and kind of breathing a sigh of relief, like you're well on top of this, Rory. You're well on top. <laughs> and I actually... Uh, some of you might might know this story and some of you mightn't, but I was actually staying in my girlfriend's house at the time because she owns a farm and I didn't want to quarantine in my little apartment. I wanted to have the space to go out and help on the farm. So their internet was crap and just everything was against me. And I just, I, I lay into bed and I was going, Rory, you're on top of this. And then, the, and then, and then the, this, I'm not joking. I just lay in and I was like, you've got this, man. You're going you're, you're gonna to pull this off and even though your laptop's crap and stuff. And then the phone rings. And I knew by the tone of Karen's voice that it wasn't good news. It wasn't like, Jesus. Because, you know, it could, it could have been something to say, look, Rory, I'm just calling you to say fair play to you for all your work. I see you've sent over that other final. Just want to say thanks, blah, blah. It wasn't that type of phone call. And I knew it from the from the moment I answered the phone. It was, uh, how, how are you, Rory? How are things? I said, Feck it. <laughs> What's going what on here? Want? <laughs> and then he explained, I suppose, what he just explained there, that, that Luke was up to his teeth and Chris had uh, just tons on. And I think, I suppose, once I realised that, I, I probably could have put up a bit of a fight to say, oh, my laptop's crap and like this mightn't actually... Because uh, for people who don't know, when you try and run 30 videos simultaneously on a broken laptop, it usually doesn't end up 
in any form workable, you know? Well, when yeah. you try and run 30 videos simultaneously on even a beastly powerful computer, that's yeah. a serious, serious workload on the computer, yeah. let alone a laptop, let yeah. alone a broken laptop. Yeah. So, so w- when Kieran explained that, that you, you were up to your eyes, and I know you, you, you much better now, Luke, but at the time I was even thinking if Luke, Giovanni is saying he can't do it. He literally can't. He, he is just too busy because Luke will do an all-nighter. Luke, Luke will work seven days in a row, 14 hours a day to make something happen. So if he's saying he can't do it, it can't be done by Luke. So don't don't bother fighting that side of it because Luke hasn't taken that decision lightly. And then I don't, I don't, I didn't really know Chris much at the time either, but I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Same thing. If he's saying, or maybe Kieran knows the workload he's under and doesn't want to add this on, so I'm, right, there's not really an option. So I took it on. Uh, worst decision of all time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, I mean, it got done. And that, 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 I equate that video to, I, I was actually quite, I don't know, um, maybe not emotional, but very, very um, invested in that theme night then, you know? And when I sat down to watch it, I remember being physically maybe a bit nervous, shaking a bit before it went on. I was so invested into it. And I became a hundred times more invested after that phone call where it was like, okay, we only have a day to the show. Our, our day till we have to have these in to send off to Chris to compile for the show. So your deadline is less than 24 hours away. Good, you know, good luck. Try your best for us. Or else the end of the show is going to be crap. Yeah, but there's something <laughs> nice. Like there is something nice about getting a phone call, even if it puts you under pressure to kind of says, there's something you can do here. We need you to kind of pull for the team. Will you sure. do it? Yeah. There's something that motivates you about you. You say, yeah, yeah, I will. Because I'm going to come through for this for this team for this group that's working on this project. I think I mean I certainly got really invested in in the whole thing. I don't know if you f- feel this way, Kieran, about it, but it certainly snowballed in terms of my expectations at the start versus what we actually came out with. At the start, I hadn't expected the production standards on all of the songs to get as high as they did, mm. and I expected yeah. a lot more stuff off phones and you know a lot more crappy quality recordings to, and when I say cra- crappy quality I don't mean the person performing on them I just mean mm. the technical quality of the recording sure. but we we really didn't have anything that wasn't recorded on something decent apart yeah. from maybe some of the choir videos everything yeah. else was recorded on decent stuff and I remember in one of the initial emails that we bounced back and forth, you said, well, maybe we might do like four or five songs with a bigger arrangement behind them, but the rest of the songs probably just be maybe one person with a guitar or whatever. And I don't know whether you, any of us ever made a conscious decision to actually blow past that, but we certainly did. It ended up that nearly every song on the thing had quite a big arrangement behind it um, because that just happened. And I remember... Uh, as I was watching these arrangements come together and as I was recording my parts in them, I got more and more buzzed about building arrangements behind other things that we hadn't planned to do bigger arrangements on because I could see the shape of this whole show coming together and I could see uh, the, the quality that we were actually getting to. Hmm. And it was it was amazing considering that none of us could even be in the same room. And the whole thing just snowballed and we ended up with this really high standard high production values show. Mm. Mm. And I don't know if we really intended to, to did, we, did we intend to go quite that far when we got into it? Considering it hadn't been done before. 
this is the thing for me. Like, I know it's been done a bit now, you know what I mean? Because we've been a year in lockdown effectively and without live live music. So there's been a lot of online productions. But at that point, there wasn't a lot. There was the odd video coming out and the odd little festival. But to, to that level, it hadn't been done yet. So I think I think to, to set a bar that high without a bar that high to reach was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was lots of videos of, you know, people in their sitting rooms with their guitars or people in their bedrooms uh, singing songs. And that, and that was, you know, there, there was a lot of that in the early part of lockdown. And I, I know, I remember, I remember thinking I didn't want that. I certainly wanted it to be different. I mean, Shamie's thing was hugely successful on St. Patrick's Day. But yes. I did. I wanted it to be different from Shamie's thing because Shamie's thing was Shamie's thing, and and this thing is this thing, and I didn't want them to be the same. Uh, and and but I think you're right, Luke. I think it definitely snowballed, and that's the beauty of of team projects and and just committing to it and saying, right, we're going to go for this. We don't really know where it's going to lead us, but do you know uh, the the momentum certainly built. You know, from that first moment, as I, as I mentioned with Alien, from the first moment I heard her voice come through on the first verse of, of No Frontiers, that was okay. All right. This is where we're going. You know, yeah. it was, it mm. was, it was that type of feeling. And I mean, yeah, I mean, certainly Luke, the work, the work you put in <clears> on that was unbelievable. I remember thanking you on the night and, you know, making a proper show of you. And if you hadn't won the golden jacket on Team Night 23, I think there was, <laughs> There was certainly, you know, the work you put in deserved, you know, it just deserved so many plaudits because, it, but it wasn't just the technical quality of what you did. And it was no more than what Rory just said. It was, it was that he just said, I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to make this show happen. You know, but and I that's, think other people, other people motivated me to do that. Do you course, know what I mean? Of course. And look, as you say, like a team of people working together, there was so many points where various people could have done something and got to the point where it was acceptable kind of for them to, I've done that now and I don't need to go any further, so I'm going to stop. But a lot, a lot of people just said, I've done that, but I could just go a little bit further and I could do this <laughs> and that would make it so much better. Yeah. And then and then I see that someone else has done that and that motivates me to go yeah. and, and do that. And yeah. everybody starts going a step further and then yeah. the whole thing just gets better. I know. It's the three of us chatting here, you know, but, but you know, and I, I, as I said, I don't really want to go into individuals because there were so many individuals involved. But but you, you couldn't have said a truer word there, Luke. Just the effort that everybody put in. And you're right. Once you got one thing back, it, it sort of made you think, all right, this is where the bar is now. And now it's here and now it's even higher. And, you know, we got to keep and, and everyone sensed that, I think. You know, I remember uh, I remember getting some backing vocals in. Um, from Jane and Maeve and Aileen and you know they were good but you said they're going to sound better girls if you go back and sing them under a duvet literally with a duvet wrapped around your head yeah. and the three girls went and did that yeah. in fairness on Tuesday or like two days before the show they went and they put duvets around their heads and sang the backing vocals and they came out better that you know? was for Katie for Sandy's for yes. Sandy's song for Sandy's Katie song. Yeah. yeah let's hear a bit of that Luke By stainless stream and and the yellow colored lampshade used to keep us up all night 
and a smile upon your face and tears upon your cheek and the night sky upon the window your heart calling out to me come running home again katie come running home again cross my heart and hope to die should i cause another tear from your eye I had never heard the whole put your head under a duvet thing before, but I heard it from talking to people after that team night, then team night 27. And even since then, I hear people saying like, yeah, you know, the best way to get your vocals is put your head under a duvet. And I hadn't heard that, Luke, before you said it. And I think you started a vicious wildfire rumour around the musicians in Sligo, where it's well, not a rumour. I mean, you started this trend where it's like, oh, if you're doing vocals, head under a duvet, lads, 100%. If you haven't got, you know, if, if if you, if you haven't got sound treatments or whatever in your room, the quickest, fastest, dirtiest, cheapest way to do it is just get under a duvet because it just soaks up all them reflections. Lovely. That that was a very, very dangerous uh, <laughs> stray into innuendo. I think it sounded like a lamplight top, top tip. tip. The quickest, fastest, dirtiest, dirtiest way, way to get it done is just get <laughs> under a duvet. hundred <laughs> percent. You can't 100%. say that. <laughs> I have a final one on the on Team Night 26 before we move on, lads. You uh, do. Just Go for it. Uh, another fella, you know, we've mentioned Chris Manulak and, uh, and Chris did amazing work on this show behind the scenes, as did this other fella I'm going to mention now, James McManus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, James was involved in three or four of the videos. Uh, he His own band, Whatever Suits, performed. And James uploaded the video for me onto Facebook on the morning of April 23rd, which was the biggest job because we had, Chris had sent through this massive file, which I had on my computer. And I said, the last thing I need to do now is just get it up onto Facebook for tonight's show, eight o'clock. And I didn't trust myself to do that. So who do you ring? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Reliable, James McManus. James, can you do this for me? Sound, yeah, no bother. Yeah, sound, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 And, and James did it. And, you know, I'd be ringing him back saying, is it uploaded yet? I know, Kieran, just, just a little bit longer. You know, he'd never go into any specifics, but <laughs> yeah. it'd just be a wee bit more now. So anyway, <laughs> he, he gets back to me about four o'clock and says, it's up, Kieran. It's up. You have nothing else to worry about. Until an hour later. Okay, so this is where we're at. When we sat down to record this episode, we didn't think it would end up being quite as long as it did. Cutting it proved hard, so we thought, well, we'll just release it in two parts, which seemed really easy until I sat down to edit it and realized there was no handy way to split it into two parts. So I thought about it, and I thought about it some more, and this is what I came up with. I have to just put my... uh, my radio voice back on now for this bit so folks that's just about all we have time for if you'd like to hear the end of Kieran's story you'll have to check out part two of In the Lamplight's end of year special until then from all of us here at In the Lamplight it's an Irish goodbye bye bye Bye-bye. 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 B